Many lawyers these days are using Amazon Echo, Google Home, and similar voice control devices at home or in the office, usually without considering the implications under the ethics rules. That's the subject of today's episode. I'm Terry Garland, and you're listening to The Portable Ethics Lawyer. In this episode, we're joined by Tim Shank, a senior loss prevention lawyer at Alas. Tim, welcome. Thanks, Terry. Let's start with the basics. Just what kind of devices are we talking about here? There's a broad range. Some people use the term to refer to a device, such as an Amazon Echo or Google Home, which uses voice recognition technology to respond to spoken commands. Some people also use the term to refer to voice-activated software on a smartphone, such as Siri on iPhones. There are also a number of applications, such as for dictating or timekeeping, available for mobile devices or desktop computers that have a voice-based interface and raise similar issues. Today, we're going to focus on dedicated devices such as the Amazon Echo, because they're so commonly used. That said, the issues and risks that we're about to discuss should be considered by lawyers whenever they propose to use any voice-based device or software. How does the Echo work? It is activated when it hears the so-called wake word, which is Alexa. The user follows the wake word with a voice command to the device, like to make a phone call, play music, search for something on the internet, or use an application that has voice functionality. The device then records the audio of the request and uploads it to Amazon's servers. There, the recording is translated into text and processed, which results in sending information back to the device or causing it to execute a command, such as dialing a phone number. When information is transmitted to servers at Amazon, what happens to it then? To answer that question, we need to look at the relevant terms of service, which is something that every user should be doing, but probably isn't. The Alexa terms of use make clear that the information submitted to Alexa is being stored by Amazon and that Amazon has the right to process and use that information in order to improve its services and provide additional functionality. Can users prevent the information from being transmitted to Amazon? Not based on Amazon's terms of service. It is possible to delete one's Alexa history, but that's, of course, after the fact. And... Deleting that history can limit the smart functionality of the device going forward. Let's switch gears and talk about the ethics issues. What issues do these devices raise? Initially, we need to consider Model Rule 1.1 regarding a lawyer's competence. Comment 8 to that rule requires lawyers to have an understanding of the risks and benefits associated with relevant technology. So, just as with any form of technology relevant to their practice, Lawyers need to understand how virtual assistance and other voice-based software works. There are definitely risks, particularly with regard to a lawyer's duty of confidentiality. Under Model Rule 1.6, a lawyer must protect the confidentiality of all information relating to the representation of the client. And a lawyer shall not reveal information relating to the representation unless the client gives informed consent the disclosure is impliedly authorized in order to carry out the representation, or another exception applies. When a lawyer uses a device that sends client confidential information to Amazon, the lawyer needs to consider whether doing so violates the duty of confidentiality. Anything else when it comes to Rule 1.6? Yes. Rule 1.6 also requires an attorney to make reasonable efforts to prevent the inadvertent disclosure of, or unauthorized access to, client confidential information. 
whether a lawyer's efforts are reasonable is determined on a case-by-case basis. ABA Formal Opinion 477R addresses precautions that lawyers must take to protect the security of electronic communications. That opinion lists seven factors lawyers should consider when determining whether security precautions are reasonable under the circumstances. Most of those factors relate to internal precautions, but the opinion recommends that lawyers conduct due diligence on any vendors providing communication technology. All of this means that lawyers need to be mindful of where client information is being captured, processed, and stored, and do what they can to protect the confidentiality of that information. Given these issues, what are the risks that lawyers should consider when deciding whether and how to use these devices? The first question a lawyer needs to consider is whether transmitting confidential client information through Alexa constitutes an authorized disclosure under Rule 1.6. At that point, the information resides on Amazon servers and can be accessed by Amazon employees. In the absence of express informed consent by the client or another exception to Rule 1.6, the issue is whether that disclosure is impliedly authorized in order to carry out the representation. We are not aware of any authority that addresses this issue when it comes to virtual assistants, but this is a fact-specific inquiry. The focus will be on what function is the device performing and whether that function is necessary to assist the lawyer in the representation. Examples of implied disclosures are things like sending confidential documents to an outside copy service or consulting a forensic accountant to evaluate allegations of accounting fraud. But consider a lawyer who uses Alexa to conduct internet legal research. It's most likely that the research itself is an inherent part of the client representation, but that does not mean that disclosure of the information to Amazon would be. There are other ways of conducting that research without making a disclosure. These are the types of questions lawyers should be asking when they are thinking of using these devices. Anything else? There are situations in which lawyers could inadvertently disclose client confidential information to Amazon through an Echo device. These devices are constantly listening for the wake word, and it is unclear to what extent devices may be recording during all of that time. Also, a device could misinterpret the wake word. For example, What if a lawyer were having a conversation with a client named Alexa? There are all sorts of situations where the device could be activated and start recording unintentionally. In that situation, the Echo overhears the confidential client communication, much like any third party could overhear a telephone conversation or a meeting in a public place. That situation can be a violation of the duty of confidentiality. Additionally, it raises a risk of whether the presence of a digital assistant could be a third party that would undermine the attorney-client privilege. It's also necessary for lawyers to take reasonable precautions to protect client confidential information from unauthorized disclosure. When the information is restricted to the lawyer's own devices or systems, lawyers have the ability to do so. But when the information has been transmitted to Amazon, whether intentionally or unintentionally, the lawyer no longer has any ability to protect the security of the information. The lawyer is really at Amazon's mercy in terms of avoiding a data breach. Having information stored in this way could result in a violation of Rule 1.6 and could also keep a lawyer from being able to comply with relevant data protection laws, such as HIPAA or state statutes. And we've seen firms violate their duty of confidentiality through vendor behavior. And firms are ultimately responsible for the outcome of their vendor security. Finally, 
Once the confidential client information is in Amazon's possession, third parties can subpoena Amazon for that information. In those situations, the lawyer and client would have limited, if any, ability to object to the subpoena, if they were even made aware of the subpoena in the first place. What about using voice-controlled law firm applications, such as billing software that allows attorneys to input information by voice? If a firm is going to use one of those applications, it's important that the firm understand how the information flows from the voice input ultimately into the firm's timekeeping or document management system. As long as the information flows and is stored securely and within the firm's control, then the rules should be satisfied. What tips should lawyers consider to ensure that they are using these devices consistent with their obligations under the rules of professional conduct? First and foremost, when discussing confidential client matters, a lawyer should ensure that an Amazon Echo device cannot overhear. Either disable the listening function in advance or mute it during that conversation. Second, and this goes for all technology being used in the legal workplace, lawyers must understand how any technology tools work and lawyers must ensure, likely in consultation with their information technology department, that security and privacy settings are configured appropriately. If the device or software cannot be configured in a way that satisfies the lawyer's obligations under Rule 1.6 and other applicable law, the lawyer should use a different tool for that project. Finally, unless a lawyer is going to obtain consent from each client to potentially disclose information through Amazon Echo, or the lawyer is willing to ensure that the device will be disabled every single time it is appropriate to do so, these devices should not be present anywhere a lawyer is talking about work, whether at home or in the office. Thanks for these tips, Tim. It was a pleasure speaking with you, Terry. Until next time, I'm Terry Garland, and this is the Portable Ethics Lawyer. This podcast is provided for educational purposes to assist lawyers in avoiding ethics violations, malpractice suits, other professional liability claims, and management liability claims. This podcast does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. The recommendations contained in this podcast are not necessarily appropriate for every lawyer or law firm. In determining the best course of action, lawyers should consider the applicable legal authorities and all relevant facts and circumstances. Copyright 2020 by Attorneys Liability Assurance Society. All rights reserved.